0: Hey, it's us, Amanda, and Megan. Glad you're here. Grab your juice box.
1: Let's dive right in. Hi. Hi. I have been waiting for this day for ages. You must be excited. You didn't even let me get my high out. Go ahead, try it again. Hot. <laughs> <laughs> Hi. Why are you so excited? Because this is exciting, you're right. It
0: is. I honestly didn't know if this day would ever come, but here we are. Mm -hmm. And I feel like we just need to get into it. Whatever's going on in our personal lives back burner for now. No update. Let's just get into it. Okay. Yes, ma'am. Okay. So um, today we're talking about manners, mostly because they are non-existent in my home and I need some
1: help. That's a lie. Intervention. Your kids have manners. They do. That's true. They do. Likewise, yours do too. But we uh, called in the big guns today
0: and we're calling Brooke Romney in just a moment here. Now, In order to prepare for Brooke Romney, we asked the listeners with regard to manners, what are your
1: top priorities? And they had some interesting answers for the audience. One listener had quite a list of manners that were top priorities in their household. And that included eye contact, greeting people, welcoming guests, cleaning up after yourself, and showing grace for others. It's a very comprehensive list.
0: All of those things I love and expect in my own home
1: and I am supportive of. Mm -hmm. Proceed. Thank you. Another listener said, asking to be excused from the dinner table. Now, when I was a child, Megan, I used to have to actually, I don't remember if this was just a joke or for reals,
0: but I remember like raising my hand a few times being like, may I be excused?
1: I don't know if I actually did that. I don't know if I'm remembering it weird, but we had to do that as a child. Did you have to do that as a kid? Yeah, we did. We had to ask to be excused before we could leave the table. Yeah. I don't do that now. I don't know why we don't do that now. My kids aren't allowed to just get up and go. What is the logic or real-life application to asking to be excused before you get up? We don't do that at restaurants or at fancy dinners. Why do we need to do that? Why did we need to do... What was that training for? I don't know. Okay. Maybe well, just so
0: kids yeah. aren't coming and going like as they please, like they know that there's a time and
1: there's a time to sit down and engage. Right, you can't just rush through dinner.
0: Yeah. And expect to
1: just I don't know, but you done.
0: If you're this listener, I would like to know why this is a priority
1: for you cuz Maybe I need to have it a priority for myself. Hmm. So teach me your ways. Mm-hmm. Another listener said, please and thank you on repeat and how to talk to a stranger. Mm. Similarly, from another listener, they said, how to talk respectfully to adults, whether you know them or not. Very important. In today's
0: world, it's a little bit hard. To teach this lesson, it just takes kind of some age and maturity, I think, because, mm-hmm. you know, we teach our kids don't talk to strangers. Right. But then when a stranger says, well, hi, little girl, how old are you? It's hard for them to navigate whether or not that's someone they should be talking to. Right. So I would like to know how old this person's kids are, because I also would like them to know how to talk respectfully to an adult, but I don't want them talking willy-nilly to everyone. And honestly, in today's world, do we all need to get to the point where we know as the stranger, that we should not be talking to random kids. Is that mm. where we are? Is,
1: is that something we need to be aware or of? Or at least with the parent nearby, right? Mm. Like if I run into a kid and their parent at the grocery store, isn't it okay to address the kid in some way? Because the parent is there to help and coach them. Sure. But yeah, if the kid is by themselves and you're just engaging to engage, yeah. that's kind of Weird. Weird. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Can't okay. get to know. All right. Another listener said chewing with their mouths closed so important.
0: So important. It's gone to the point in my household where my kids will tell each other
1: Mm. to chew with their mouth closed. I don't have to do anything with it anymore. Good job. Another listener said, if someone takes the time to cook for you, be gracious and eat it. Mm. Now,
0: you and I, I think we have similar feelings, but we approach it differently. Mm -hmm. I am of, you need to have at least one polite bite. Mm -hmm. Always. I don't care whether or not you like it. Always one polite bite. I will encourage them to eat it all. Yeah. Because that's fair. I don't want them coming back to me in five minutes and saying, I'm hungry. Right. I don't like that. But I do know the danger in that.
1: No, I think that's fine. Every family should have their own practices in that regard. I don't think there's one right way to do that, as always. But yeah, we are different because I don't make my kids clean their plates. And that gets a little tricky at other people's homes sometimes Mm -hmm. or even other family members where they plate their food and expect them to eat everything on their plate.
0: Oh, you mean if another adult plates their food,
1: mm-hmm. your chi- Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. But okay. I am very careful with how much I put on my kids' plates because they can always ask for more. Right. And I, we are also very similar in the polite bite. You right. don't have to like it, but you do have to try it. Correct. Yeah. So, yeah. okay. Yeah. That feels that feels better, doesn't it? Yeah, sure. Okay. <laughs> We're all just making it up as we mm. go. Another listener said, respecting others' property. Oh Yeah, dude, I am not about graffiti, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> I can't tell you how often I'm cleaning it off. Won't make it. Was it you that tagged my fence last night, Megan? Was that you? So, you know, my daughter may have graffitied a little bit on your car. She comes by it honestly, though, because have I told you about what I did when I was about her age. Pray tell. I had just learned how to write my name and my phone number.
0: Oh, Megan.
1: And while my mom was getting the mail one day, the house nearby had a deck and I found a nail and I <gasps> carved my first name and my phone number Oh, Megan, into the deck. <laughs> you tender, you tender rookie. You, I know. Uh, <laughs> so when the, uh, it gets better uh, because when the family called, the phone number and said, We have this carving that says the name Megan and her uh, phone number. My, my parents didn't tell me that they had called, they just sat me down and said something like, Did you carve your name into this deck? And you know, me and my dumb four or five year old self, no. <laughs> they said, Well, are you sure? Yeah. Well, bless your heart. We have your phone number next to your <laughs> name in the deck. And like the jig was up, but yeah, yeah. I did deny it. That for is a little hilarious. While. So, well, I'm so gone. please go ahead and then you
0: tell. Because I did not put together that respecting people's property, you know... It means
1: not drawing on other yeah, people's cars. I didn't put that together. So you can share that story because it's, it's funny. I don't think it's funny. It's mortifying, oh, but I'm I glad it's you love it. My daughter somehow got a hold of a writing utensil in the very back seat of your car and decided to write, I love... And then I think she attempted to write your son's name. She did. Yeah. On... What is that? Like, it's not upholstery. It's like the... The, the wall the that wall has of like the that car. fabric. Yeah. Beyond it has like fabric. fabric. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And she drew some like happy people. Uh-huh.
0: Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. She just drew a bunch of things, but it was funny because she did try to write, I love shepherd, but just because of the writing, it looked like I love SH. And so my husband was like, she wrote a bad word. And I went, and I, <laughs> after I looked at the picture, I was like, no, that's not
1: a bad word that says Shep, but it came out deep. Now, the only reason I've seen this is because the car detailer likes to post his handiwork on Instagram, Mm -hmm. and lo and behold, he detailed both of our cars, and the next day, both of our cars (laughs) ended up on his stories as like a, look at this amazing before and after. That is mortifying. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the amount of crumbs. I usually try to vacuum my car at the car wash yeah. before he comes. Yeah. And I did not have time. And yeah. whoa, buddy. He likes it. It's I hope. Funny. I mean, it hopefully convinces other people to use his services because he is yeah. so good. It was funny because that
0: should have been an advertisement for Folex because that's how he got it out. He's like, oh, sh- uh, what should I use on this? And I said, here's Folex. It'll take care of it. Just, But he's like, I said, I could have done it myself but honestly, I don't want to sit in the back of my car no. for a few minutes like, no. and scrub it. So that's why I hired you. So yeah. it all worked out. It's cleaner than it's ever been, but it was so funny. He got so a good laugh out of him.
1: It's it was, so embarrassing. It really I still feel awful. I really am going to Venmo you. I'm not worried about it. I'll yeah. just send it right back. <laughs> I know you will. Yeah. Okay. Another listener said, don't talk over others. What does this one say? <laughs> <laughs> honestly, I struggle with this. Finish it while I be quiet. Do you really? i'm nodding my head because i don't even want to (laughs) speak so don't talk over others nor interrupt i am bad at this i interrupt all the time
0: really yep i notice as an adult and i'm like very embarrassed
1: i've Mm -hmm. never noticed that about you i think you maybe are overly critical of yourself Mm -hmm. but i love that you found something that you want to work on and improve upon yeah yeah my dad has told me point blank When are you going to stop interrupting me? So, I think that's how it got (laughs) on my radar. (laughs) Yeah, but the way you talk to your parents is different than how you would talk to most of the rest of the world. I don't actually think so. I talk to you all the same.
0: (laughs) 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 I just, yeah, I need to work on this, but I like that um, I'm working on it with my own kids because it's important. It is. Yeah, no one likes to be interrupted.
1: So, all right. And one more listener bit of input they said the importance of being quiet sometimes love it i do too do you guys ever play the
0: quiet game at your house
1: sometimes yeah yeah.
0: road trips. Uh, yeah. My four-year-old has started requesting that we play the, the choir game, which is ironic because we're all like, you're the one we want to <laughs> shut up. Like, <laughs> So whenever he's like, should we play the quiet game? We're all like, yeah, quiet game. Like, We're super excited. That, <laughs> Does yeah. your littlest understand the quiet game? No. She's exempt. No, but she just thinks it's funny that no one's talking. She will like look at all of us and be like, what's going on? There are times to talk, there are times to be quiet, and it is good to have that practice. Mm -hmm. So these are all things that are important to us as parents and we often talk about in our own homes, but it can sometimes be overwhelming to think about all the things that you want to teach your kid on the day-to-day, but our guest today makes it
1: really easy to tackle these lessons one at a time. And we do want to be clear that we are not experts in this area, or frankly, any area. Correct. So let's chat with someone who actually is. Okay, so we want to just introduce you a little bit and then let you tell us what we should know about you. But we know that you started your writing career on Capitol Hill, just a stone's throw away. And you quickly learned how powerful and persuasive words can be. And from there, you wrote for local newspapers and magazines and fell in love with sharing compelling and uplifting stories with your audience that inspired people to live better. Anything
0: you would add Brooke,
1: because that's like a pretty exciting paragraph to start off
0: with.
2: It was pretty exciting. It was actually Capitol Hill in Washington, DC. So oh, the bigger yeah. one, So it was really um, fun. I was out of my element. I had barely been out of, you know, suburbia at all. I was there through all kinds of interesting things, but. Being there really did help me see how powerful words could be, not just, you know, if you use them well, but what happens when you don't use them well, how you can get people to support something that maybe they wouldn't have if you say it or write it the right way. It was a really exciting time to be there and to learn maybe something that I might want to do in the future. So that was the beginning. When we moved to Arizona from Washington, DC, I worked for a newspaper and I got the best job. In the whole building was to write about mom stuff. And it was so fun. I got to tell stories about great people doing great things and loved that. And then when the newspaper and magazine industry kind of folded, it was about the same time that I had moved to Michigan. I missed writing and I knew that newspapers were probably not going to be hiring. And so I started my hand at a blog. So that was kind of the first time I'd written for myself. And when you started that blog, what were you writing about? Or like from
0: the get-go, were you writing about manners or kind of tell us how the blog evolved into what
2: you're doing today? Well, that's an awesome question because <laughs> I'm a really bad blogger. I, cause I don't like taking pictures and I yeah. don't like anything visual. That's not my favorite. It's definitely not where my talents lie. I appreciate it when, from other people, but I am, that is not my gift. So I was just writing words which was not nearly as interesting to people as great pictures, but I was doing my best. So we were in Ann Arbor, Michigan, and I was jealous of all the people that lived in Utah and Arizona who had all these amazing moms telling them where to take their kids and where the good deals were and fun restaurants and good recipes. And I really wanted something like that in Michigan, but it didn't exist. I thought, you know what? I'm going to try and Create it, and so we would go somewhere, and I would write all about it. My blog was actually called Mom Explores Michigan, that's what I was writing about there, and then I would pepper it here and there with like book recommendations or a good recipe. Um, but it was fairly superficial, is the wrong word, but it wasn't personal, it was hmm. very much a service to other people. It was more in the vein of like a newspaper or a magazine that I'd done before, where I'm like, Go here, try this, this is fun. You know, this is worth taking your kids to. And that's really what that blog was.
0: Well, then how did that evolve into manners? Was this just an organic thing that happened by the time you started having kids or- How did
2: that come about? When we moved from Michigan to Utah, there's a lot of moving stories to this, but when we moved from Michigan to Utah, I wanted to continue writing, but there were people doing what I was doing and they were doing it really, really well. I realized quickly that I didn't have a space in that area being in Utah. There were already people doing it, doing it well, and they didn't Mm -hmm. necessarily need anyone else doing it. So I kind of thought my writing career was over and I started trying my hand at different things and volunteering. And one day I just wanted to write again. And I wrote a piece about uh, why we're taking the fun out of life. And it was a parenting piece. I wrote it and it sat in my draft box for 30 days because I'd never written anything personal. Hmm. I wasn't sure if I could have people attack what I thought about parenting or, or my ideas, I didn't care if somebody didn't like the restaurant I recommended, but this felt really personal. So I wrote that sat in my draft box. I finally published it. And I had more views on that piece than I'd had on anything that I'd done for, you know, the last two years. But I think that was the first time I realized that maybe I was a writer and I wanted to write things that were important. And that was 11 years ago. And so I was writing on my blog. Um, I was writing for a newspaper in, in Utah. I was writing for the Deseret News, just opinion pieces. And then Instagram, I thought maybe I will put a little bit here on Instagram. My growth was very slow, you know, long, long, long story short. um, One day I started sharing about things that I felt like teenagers maybe weren't understanding, like how to be a good passenger and, that you acknowledge adults when you walk in and out of their home, just a couple small things. And I wrote about that and my audience said, oh my word, I don't know if my kids know these things. I need to know more. Like, please start sharing more things like this because Hmm. my kids knew that like when you get into a car, you don't just get on your phone. Like you say hello and you say thank you. But maybe they don't. So I started sharing one tip a week. I think it was teen tip Tuesday. And that's kind of how I became really interested in manners. Did well, you have teenagers at the time? You did. yeah, so so a lot of it stemmed from I had my own teenagers who I would watch interact in the world. And I would think, huh, that's interesting. I'm not sure that that's what I taught or maybe I didn't teach it. Um, We had a lot of teenagers in our home. I was at the middle school a ton that year. I was working with kids in church and there was like an overall consensus that I think as parents, we assumed that our kids knew things, but because of cell phones and AirPods, what we thought they were observing, they weren't paying attention to at all. Yeah, Mm -hmm.
0: that's very well said. In fact, Brooke has taught me something, not even from her book, but There's been many lessons, like you just said, where I would assume that my children behave a certain way. And then when they didn't, I would think, what's wrong with you? And after following Brooke for a few years, I realized, oh, they simply, I have not taught them Mm -hmm. that behavior. And so now it has gotten to the point where if there is something that I do need them to redirect, I will say to them point blank, let me teach you How to um, walk someone to the door. And you've been arguing before. Sometimes people come to our house and I'll say, I'm going to let my kids test something out on you. And then I will say, This is how we do it. And that is something I think you hit the nail on the head, Brooke, that sometimes we just assume that it's a lesson they have learned. But the reality is, if the world's not teaching it to them, the right way then who is right. And it's on us. Well,
1: I also love how you are such an example of persistence and trying something new and going back and teaching. And it's okay, if it's not perfect, it's okay, if they don't get it the first time. You have this quote about perfectionism that I love. And you say it's unrealistic and that you prefer honest and hopeful and helpful. And I think that's how we want to approach our parenting. But sometimes as parents, we look at our kids and expect, oh, we're in the world. You must be perfect now. You must have figured it all out. We've told you all that you need to know. So go be perfect. And that's what I love about your volume one and two of 52 Modern Manners for Teens, and then the kids version, that kind of script for us to say, we know you're not
2: perfect, we're not perfect either, let's practice these things together. Yeah, that was really important to me because I think we often do have these unrealistic expectations of how our kids are going to act or who they're going to be, and it's so much better, like you said, to be hopeful and to be diligent and to continue to help them understand not just how, but the why behind it, you know, Mm -hmm. why does that matter? Because I think that sinks in. Otherwise they might do it when you're watching. So you don't get mad, but it's not who they're going to be. So it's really important to me that they kind of get it all. And then they see it at work, you know, we're doing it together. So when I see, you know, be a good host, I can reflect like, that's not what I'm great at. Even though I wrote the book, my husband's amazing. Every time somebody comes in, it's like, come on in. Do you need a drink? He's such a great host. And I've learned a lot from him. It's not natural to me yet. So that one still reminds me like, and I'll tell my kids, like, I'm not great at this. I'm working on it too. It's funny. When I wrote the book, some people thought, oh, this feels kind of judgy. And I was like, there's nothing judgy about the book. This isn't Hmm. other people's actions. This is how we self-reflect and become better ourselves. So it has nothing to do with other people. It has everything to do with us improving ourselves and our own family.
1: Yeah. I love that. That's very well said. And let's get into it a little more. You're well-known for the 52 Modern Manners for Teens, Volume 1, Volume 2, and Volume 1, I read, can be found in over 100,000 homes. That's over 100,000 teenagers and presumably their parents brushing up. Well, that's just homes. What about all the teenagers that come into those homes? Right. Let's times this by
0: like eight. That's at least 800,000 teenagers who have read it. That's I, like
2: I like the way you think. <laughs> I'm a
1: statistician right here. But it's true. It's not uncommon for me to walk into friends' homes who have teenagers and to see it on their counters or on their mantles, in their kitchen, somewhere where it is prominent. I even bought volume one, despite my oldest being nine at the time, uh, because I hoped that I could adapt it and start instilling those manners early. So when you announced on your Instagram account that you were releasing 52 modern manners for kids, I was beyond ecstatic. I think we all were like dancing in our kitchens because I was the same way.
0: I bought volume one for my children, even though my oldest is eight, I think she was seven at the time. And we would just skip the ones that didn't pertain to our family. We have ours on our dining room table so that even when guests come over often, they will say, what is that? You were just in my house the other day. And remember a grown adult man, a grown adult man was like, what is this? And I said, it is a lesson on how to say, excuse me. Would you like to read? Be- I've, I've adapted it like you. So I think we were all like over the moon for the kid version. In fact, I haven't even opened mine yet because it kind of feels like a little Christmas
2: present to me. Like We're going to get through the teenage one and then we're going to crack open the kid one. It's going to be exciting. I heard from so many parents of younger kids that had bought the first teen one or some that were not going to. And for plenty who had and had teenagers, they said, we want to start this manners journey way before our kids are 12 or 13. If we could start this young, and this is just like a habit of our home, maybe these teen manners will either come more naturally or they won't be such an adjustment I think there's something really interesting and you guys may have found it because your kids are about this age, but your kids are young and you just think they're so cute and you can excuse everything and it's no big deal. Then they hit about 10 or 11 and you're like, why in the heck are you doing that? There's something that really flips. You feel like you should be able to navigate this world a little more competently. You shouldn't be quite so embarrassing. You should know that interrupting isn't cute when they're four Anything they say is darling. So you don't mind being interrupted because it's so dang cute. Then they get older. And I found that with a lot of my kids where all of a sudden I had these very high expectations on people that had never been taught any better. And so I really thought that this kid's book would help parents get in front of that. So there wasn't this big what's going on? Why why don't you know this? Why are you so annoying? Why don't you know how to exist in the world? I'm hoping that what this will help is a much more seamless transition into being aware and kind and have good relationships and those types of things from the time they're little and then all the way through the teen years. As you teach them when they're
1: little, the words become more familiar. They build their vocabulary of these wonderful manners. And so as they get older, it may be easier to guide them in that way because they're already familiar with the words, with the expectations, with the vocabulary that they need to know to be successful as a teenager and beyond. Brooke, this is kind of a logistical question. How do you decide
0: what manners are going to go in the book?
2: (laughs) Well, there's two volumes of the teen one because I decided on the first 52 and then just more came and more came and more came. So that's why there's volume two of the teen one. For the kid one, um, what I did was I put it out to my audience and asked for feedback. And I think I got like between five and 600 responses of like, I wish my kids or I wish other people's kids or I wish my kids would have known these things. So I was really serious about reading each one of those comments marking them down, seeing where there was overlap between people, you know, picking out the ones that I remember were really, really big pain points in my family or when I had little kids, other people's children. And what I decided was there were about, there were about 52 that really did rise to the top. Some I could combine with each other, but I think the kids book, I think it's pretty comprehensive Mm. in talking about the things that are most important. And then I love that there's a teen book to transition to after that. So, so whatever we missed, I think is covered in teen one and teen two.
1: Absolutely. And in teen volume two, that one goes into a little more of character, right? Character development. It's not so much of say please and thank you. It's a little more of your general character development, which I love that you do that.
2: Yeah. I wanted one that was a little bit more of like how to live a good life. So you know how to exist in the world. This is how to live a successful life. This is how to feel good about yourself. This is how to feel good about others. This is how to create relationships. This is how to keep a conversation going, you know? So it's a little deeper. So I really like to say this, the the kid one is ages four to 12, volume one for teens, I think works really well, like 11 and up. And then I would say volume two, the concepts are a little deeper. So maybe like 13, you know, one's, one is read the room. That's mm. something you have to have, maybe like a four-year-old, you can maybe say it, they won't totally get it. But, but by 13, that's pretty important. I don't know that eight-year-olds are super cognizant of reading the room, but if you're 13 and you're in junior high and you're hanging out with your friends and you don't know how to read the room yet, like there's going to be some problems that come into your life if you don't start figuring that out. I love the way that they build upon each other and each one still has some physical manners. Each one still has some technology manners. You know, there's a nice variety, Yeah, but I like that it can go in order.
1: I'm just going to gush about this kid's volume because it is so good. Have I, you opened yours? You've opened it? Well, I have actually owned the kids' version since the day it was released because Amazon pre ordered No, so have I. What? But I have, I'm like waiting. Yeah. I'm like, I'm- Oh, what? no. I put the, teen the one away you and did? said, bring oh. it on. <laughs> I yeah. love it. And we aren't too far in yet because it hasn't been released for what, more than a month and uh-huh. a half, two months. Yeah. Yep. It's about six
2: weeks. Yeah.
1: Every single manner we have practiced and discussed as a family has already been demonstrated by my kids- in the real world, which is so cool, the wait for your turn to talk, which is one of the very first manners that's covered, has been a game changer with conversations when I'm trying to talk to parents at their school or a teacher, and administrator, it has been so fun, but it's because you put in place on each page ways to discuss it and ways to practice it. And we have so much fun role-playing. We're a bit dramatic in our house. And so we really like to role-play. And it works so well. But you've thought of everything, of how to teach it effectively so that
2: these really stick in the kids' minds. It was really important to me for both books. But With the kids one especially, I was like, how can we make sure our kids are getting it? So you say, wait for your turn to talk, and you explain it, and you give a why. And then you go to the park the next day, and your kid is interrupting you again. I knew that role play was super effective for me with young kids. And even with older kids, even just having the discussion, if you don't want to role play it, just do you know what to do in this situation? And so I love, love, love. It's my favorite part of the kids book is the let's practice section on the back because I'm finding that kids are feeling very successful. And so are parents. So it's been a really positive thing for families to say, we're using our family signal. We've never thought of having a family signal instead of just like, mom, mom, mom. I love that the role plays also offer an opportunity for parents to discuss nuance. So on the one for wait to your turn for your turn to talk, most of them, the idea is to not interrupt. But the last one says, Your sister is riding her bike and she gets hurt. Your mom's talking to a friend. Yes, there is a time to interrupt. Most of the let's practice options also talk about, you know, helping our kids have an opinion, have some autonomy, but doing it in a polite kind and aware way. It's funny. I was at Pinner's conference and a a mom said, I don't know if I want to get this. I don't know that I want to teach my daughter to be too polite. That's not how she said it, but that was basically the idea. I don't want her to be a pleaser. I don't want her to think that she just has to do what everybody else wants her to do And I'm worried about this book. And I said, you know, there is nothing in this book that doesn't teach our kids to be aware and kind. If you have a problem with aware and kind, then you may not like this book. But this actually teaches kids to use their voice, but to use it respectfully and kindly. It teaches them to understand other people's boundaries and their space and be respectful and kind about that. So I think it's just really, really useful in helping our kids be successful in their own little world and then the world around them.
0: I could not agree more. You can just send that pinner right over to us. We can have a one-on-one conversation (laughs) with them, Brooke. I think that's very interesting. And one thing that I have noticed since we've started doing these 52 lessons, I actually think it gives my kids, you mentioned the word autonomy earlier. I think it also gives them a little boost of confidence. This knowledge helps them carry themselves differently and helps them notice when kids their age are not behaving the same, you know, I can't tell you how many times I'm out with, we're with, at, at a play date and kids are playing and there's all these kids going, mom, 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 mom. And my kid will come up to me and say, excuse me, mom. And I will turn right away. And I think they appreciate the mutual respect of just that language. I'm probably not going to respond or I will respond annoyingly if I get that mom, mom, mom. But because they say, excuse me, mom, I always turn, yes, what can I help you with? That mutual respect, I think, creates a lot of confidence, and I would encourage everyone to look at it because I would never look at it as I'm trying to create a child that is too polite or can't stand up for themselves. I think it has the opposite effect, honestly.
2: I really do. That was the biggest why behind me creating this book, especially the one for teens, is I saw that the kids who understood social norms, who just got it those were the kids with confidence. The ones who knew how to relate in, in the world, the ones who knew how to pitch in, the ones who knew how to be kind, those kids, good things were happening for them because other people responded well to that. And the kids who didn't, sometimes it was neurodivergent, sometimes it was they weren't taught, sometimes it was they just didn't want to. Those kids struggled, especially in those teen years. And so my biggest reason for writing this was, I wanted kids to be equipped with ways to feel confident and successful. And I wanted them to have opportunities. I wanted all teens to be able to have the same opportunities to be the one that was the one that you could count on. The kid that was doing good things, the one that got complimented often. And then I wanted to, especially for these younger kids, I wanted to equip them with knowledge before a situation happens. Sometimes you're not confident because you just don't know what to do. You know, one of the manners in this new kid's book is, what do you do when someone gives you a food you don't like? It's really great to know what you can do instead of, I don't know, I was at my friend's house and I was so embarrassing. So it was so embarrassing. I just whispered in her ear. It's like, no, it's actually fine to say, thanks for offering. I'm okay right now. No, thank you. Equipping them with conversations, with ways to... You know, do a situation well, I think that creates kids who feel good about themselves, who have their own self-confidence, who understand their own character and who live life accordingly. And I think those are the ones that are most successful. I've never thought
1: about that before. That's incredible that kindness and good manners are the great equalizer. Think about it with regard to like I always tell you that my favorite babysitter are
0: the ones that are respectful and clean up and follow the rules. like,
1: yeah. And I
0: hire those babysitters more often yeah. and I pay them more. <laughs> Sorry <laughs> if you're on the low end of my babysitter scale, but that's really how it works. When you create confidence in these kids, it bleeds out everywhere mm-hmm. and people notice and they want to help you and they want to lift you up. I love your why for creating it. I would never would have put that together on my own. And I think that's a very good why.
2: I love that you mentioned that it's an equalizer because that's another part of what these do. You don't have to be an A student to have great character. You don't have to be the star of the basketball team to have great character. You don't have to be like the main person in the play for someone to think you're awesome. These are all doable. They don't require anything special, just knowledge and a little bit of effort. And the kids who do this have such confidence without it being anything that's external. It's all internal. And I think that's the the kind of confidence that stays.
1: And what parent doesn't want their kids to feel that way? Sometimes that is our end goal. I mean, straight A's are great. And the star basketball player, that's great. But what I really want for my children is to be kind, good, confident human beings. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. One of our favorite family traditions on Thanksgiving is playing games together. And the most requested games are always Grandpa Beck's. Cover your assets, skulking, King, gnoming around we all love them. And Grandpa Beck's is a family-owned and operated company creating games that help other families join in the fun.
0: They are personally invested in their customers' experience. Did you know that Grandpa Beck's cell phone number is included with each set of rules and a recipe card from Grandma Beck is in every box. Because they want their customers to be more than just satisfied. And would you expect anything else from grandparents?
1: Visit GrandpaXGames.com to stock up on holiday gifts and use the discount code posted to our Instagram account or linked in the show notes.
0: And this is a really exclusive discount just for our listeners to use this week. So definitely go over to our Instagram and find it because you might not find this discount again. It's a big one.
1: Yeah. Well,
0: Brooke, you know, on our podcast. We try to find the humor in everything, even the bad. So we were wondering, do you have any stories or any times when you have noticed that manners have failed? And what was that like for you as the manners expert?
2: I have two. One's about me and then one is about another family. I have a 12 year old and he's my youngest. And I thought that maybe he was going to be too old for this kid's book because he's grown up in a pretty uh, mature family because the next sibling is 16. Everyone's been pretty old. So I thought, I don't really know if this kid's book will work for him, but we started it and he was really loving it. It was going really well. He actually loved, we didn't role play, but we would discuss and he thought it was great. And so we go to the one about food. I can't remember what the exact manner is, but it's basically, you know, you don't go to somebody's house and ask for food and, and you certainly like, don't go into someone's pantry and get food. And he looked at me and he goes, oh. I do that everywhere I go. I just walk into the pantries and I just get food. And I was like, oh, <laughs> my word. This is so embarrassing. He's like, well, usually it's like only if their parents aren't there, but sometimes I guess their parents are there. And I was like, I'm really glad that we're starting at the basics because he's actually pretty good with all the team manners. Like that kid knows how to read a room, but apparently he doesn't know that you don't go into other people's pantries and take their food and like eat whatever you want. So that was a really um, humbling moment for me. And we were being very diligent about going through the kid's book with him because I realized that there are things that I probably explicitly taught to the older kids when they were all that age, mm-hmm. but me, so, so yes. Yeah, so that was humbling and hilarious and an apology um, to some of the homes he's at frequently. <laughs> So that was, the, that was funny for me. And then another one, I had a friend come up to me and she said they love that. They love the Modern Manners for Teens and they have it up. And she had um, a family come stay with them up on her manor. It was actually turned to be a great house guest.
0: Coincidentally?
2: Totally coincidentally. Oh. And she didn't even realize it. And so this family was like reading this and she said they were like, the best house guests ever. They were like cleaning up and putting things away and asking how they could help. And then on the be a great house guest there's one that said like maybe even send a thank you gift, you know, if somebody's allowed you to stay. So, they've never sent a thank you gift to her before, but she got this thank you gift. And in in passing when they were talking, they were like, "Well, we took the hint." <laughs> she didn't even realize that's the manner that they were on when they were there. So, that was I thought that was kind of funny. So if you really want to be (laughs) be passive aggressive, you can, you know, turn it to specific manners. I do know there's one grandma, there's a manner in the second volume that's basically about don't take too much food.
1: Be prudent.
2: Of of portions. And Mm -hmm. so if you're in a buffet or if you're eating family style, you don't take a huge portion. And then you certainly don't come back for seconds before other people have had their first round of food. And so she puts that up. Every single time her family comes over for Sunday dinner, it's like table decoration. So anyone hosting Thanksgiving, that's just a little tip. Grab volume two and you can put
1: (laughs) Okay. I'm hoping Amanda is taking notes on this. Are you giving me the side eye? Because I am like you. I'm still learning how to appreciate and how to be a good host. Amanda is an incredible host and has people over frequently. Sometimes people don't always leave at a halfway decent hour. And Amanda loves an early bedtime. I do. So she now owns a banner that hangs across her kitchen window that says, please leave by nine. Is that appropriate? Is that bad manners? (laughs)
2: That is so appropriate. But
1: (laughs) But now I'm thinking we need to do a double whammy, leave the banner up, but also whenever you entertain, make sure you have that, how to be a good house guest open and on the dining room table very prominently. I feel like you will go to bed quite early on those nights. You're telling me that you
0: don't already do that? I 100% (laughs) do that, you guys. I intentionally leave it open for everyone to see. When When people come over, certain people, not you, when certain people come over, Brooke, there is one that says like, watch your portions or be prudent. I don't remember what the word is, but it starts with a P. I really did leave it open so that when all my college nieces and nephews came over, I purposely leave it open. And sometimes I'm even like, oh, you guys, we didn't have a chance to read our manner for this week. So we're going to do it with all of our guests. And then I'm like, I'm talking to you over there, dinosaur fist.
2: I do that on purpose. I'm that grandma. Embrace it. Embrace it. You're teaching. You're making the next generation better. Thank you. That's what I tell myself. I'm like,
0: I'm doing you a favor there, sir. Anyways. Because
2: then when I go to the girl's house that they're dating, for the first time, then they're not that person. So thank you to their aunt who made sure that they didn't look like that guy. Thank so. you.
0: Thank you. My husband said it was a little sneaky, but now that I have Brooke's blessing, it's fine. I'm okay. I'm pressing forward. Okay. Very good. Now, the other part of, of our podcast that we like to talk about are parenting paydays. So tell us about some times when either stories from your listeners or story from your own life, where you have seen your,
1: um, your, well, how'd you word it? Your How Megan, the manners pay off, shine through. Yeah. Yeah, Why am I? Yeah. A success story or two or 10. I'm sure you've probably heard thousands at this point.
2: Thousands is not an exaggeration of the feedback that I've gotten in the ways that these books have helped families and teens. I'll share one of mine and then one of someone else's. My son was picking up a girl for a date and he you know went to the door and her parents answered and he sat and he chatted with her parents for a little bit asked them questions about themselves and he was a good conversationalist and then he took this girl out for the first time brought her home and um the next day she's like oh my word my parents love you like so much they think you're the greatest and he actually came to me and he was telling me this story and he was like mom the bar is super low he's like i don't feel like i did anything that was overly special but go to the door and engage with people like a human should. But like, I'm the first guy or, you know, one of the few guys that has picked her up and and done that. So that was a win. And it was so fun to see him see the effects of manners. He wanted to impress these parents. He, you know, thought this girl was really awesome. And that goes a long way when somebody's parents give approval and think you're great. Like that's really helpful. So it was fun for me to see him have like an immediate effect from great manners. And it was kind of like, what's in it for you? Like there's a lot in it for you when yeah. you have good manners. So that was fun. Another one that didn't happen to me, but that is close to my heart. I ran into a woman um, at a school and she recognized me and she just said, I just have to tell you, we have your manners book. And there's one in volume one that says find new friends. And it says, if your friends are, are consistently leading you out, being unkind, making you feel badly about yourself, Um, it's time to find new friends. And then it kind of goes on and it says, it might be hard. You might be alone. Your new friends may not be as cool as your old friends seemed, but you will never regret being liked for who you are. So that's the manner, And she said, you know, we've been doing your manners. We discussed this manner in our house. And my son who was, I think he was a sophomore or a junior in high school came into my room that night. He was in tears and he just said, mom, I have to find new friends. We read that manner tonight and my friends are awful to me. They make fun of me. They make me feel horrible about myself. And when you read that tonight, like I just knew that it was time for me to find new friends. And this was towards the summer. So she said it it was a long kind of lonely summer. And he was with the family a lot and, you know, feeling bad, but just knew that like these friends weren't right for him anymore. And then the next year he found this amazing group of kids who let him in you know, made room for one more, which is another manner, but made room for him. And he had had the most incredible year and just had a blast and couldn't believe how fun life could be. And so that one just like got me right in my heart because for me, I don't care what fork you use. I don't care how many times, or if you say ma'am or sir, that doesn't matter to me. What matters is that kids feel connected that they feel wanted, that they feel like they have a voice, that they feel like they have some control over their time now and of their future because they have the confidence to be able to do that. So that is one of my favorite, most touching stories because also the manor opened up a conversation. And that's what I love about the book is that this isn't something where, you know, it's just on his own, but this was an, an opportunity for him to say, my mom might understand. I might be able to go to her and she might be able to help me out with this and then this mom being able to have this tough teenage boy open up to her was a really great moment for her in, in connection. And so really, that's what matters to me most, much less about each tiny physical matter and much more about the kids that are created through this book. That is a beautiful side effect to
1: each of these manners volumes is it allows those opportunities for the parent and the child to meaningfully connect. And even if it's over something so small, as you continue with that over time, I do feel like it helps strengthen those relationships. So as they get older, as they pass from the kid to the teen age, again, you've set that foundation of let's talk it through together. Let's practice together. What can I help you with? Nothing bad comes from it. It's such a blessing. It's so good for the kids and for the parents.
2: Wow. I think so too. It's been a real blessing in our lives too.
1: I think sometimes as a
0: parent, it can be overwhelming to consider the amount of life lessons, will you, that you need to teach your child. And so I have found comfort throughout the day driving around town and thinking, oh, I want to talk to my kids about X, Y, Z. And then feeling overwhelmed, like, how on earth am I going to talk about that? Oftentimes you'll sit down at the dinner table. And the conversation is built right in there for me. You know, this week for us, it is say excuse me. That topic for us bled into, well, you can say excuse me when you, you know, sneeze, when you toot, when you do whatever. It's a good reminder. And I like that every week, and sometimes even more often, sometimes if we have like a real lull in the week, I'm like, oh, we're going for the next page. We're getting extra credit here. It's an organized way to teach your kids life lessons that will serve them for the rest of their lives. There is no downside to having these conversations. Now, I kind of want to go back to your story about your son. Your son mentioned that the bar is low. I'm interested that your son picked that up on his own. Why did your son say that? What is he observing? What are you observing?
2: Well, I think what he saw was all he did was just like be a normal, what he thought was just like totally normal. So to hear that everyone else had like texted her to like come out or had walked in the house and just been silent or, you know, whatever that was. He he goes, I didn't, he didn't do anything. Especially he didn't bring flowers to the mom. He didn't like lay out his future plans. He didn't show him his bank account. Literally like he was like, I was just being human. But apparently that is something that is exciting for people. And, and, you know, I will say the same thing, even as a parent, when I have a teenager that can look me in the eye, that can have a conversation My son has the cutest friend. He's 12, but ever since he was little, probably, I don't know, eight or nine, when he would get in my car, he would say, Hey Brooke, how's your day going? And like to have a young child understand the value of a back and forth conversation and how to do that, or to be interested enough to ask an adult how they are. It's not hard, but I would say that's not normal either. We took my nephew on a little weekend away and It wasn't like thanks at the end of the weekend. It was for every single thing we did for him. He was like, thank you so much. That was so fun. That was such a great meal. Thank you so much. And you know what it made us feel like? You can come with us anytime. And that's, I think, what these teenagers um, and kids need to understand is manners, yes, they make the world a better place, but they really make your life a better place. Mm. If you're going to ask me who I want to give a ride to, it's my son's friend who is constantly so kind in the car, who wants to come on a trip with me. My nephew's welcome. Anytime. Those are opportunities that you want to have. Who can come, who can come hang out in your house. The person who's going to clean up their stuff and the person who's going to be gracious and say, thank you. And the person who is going to possibly ask like, what can I bring? Like all of those things are people that those are the people that get our, get included who get opportunities, who get promoted. Like you said, those are the babysitters that get paid more money.
0: Okay, I was gonna write down because I'm afraid I'm gonna forget, but I'm not gonna forget. I have three questions about three specific manners. Can you please Mm -hmm. tell me whether they are extinct or whether they're good to go? Okay, first one. Is it good manners to say to someone, hello, Mrs. Romney? Are we going forward with Mrs. Romney or are we going with first name or are we going with Miss Brooke? What is an appropriate way? Is this in the book and I haven't gotten there yet? What's an appropriate way for a child to address an adult?
2: I'm going to say I'm not an expert on that. I I don't really know because I think it depends on where you live and how formal your area is. I think the safest thing to do would be to start with, hi, Mrs. Romney, nice to meet you. And then I would 100% of the time say, you can totally call me Brooke, right? Okay. <laughs> with any manners best to start out more formal. So one of the issues that my kids had was we are not a formal household. So they're like, you let our friends get treats all the time, like in our pantry. I'm like, I do because that's okay with me, but we need to always assume we need to start at the most polite level. And then when someone says, oh, that's not necessary, then we can like meet them at whatever level of formality they have. But we never want to be the person that is like offensive or ruins a situation because we've started at the most familiar. Well said. Next question.
0: Extinct or not, for a guy to open a girl's door at the car?
2: I don't know how people feel about this. This is a personal feeling. I do not think it is necessary, but I think it is kind. I think when it comes to doors, for a car door that may be a little different, Um, I think this is where read the room comes in. I think it's totally fine for a guy on a date to say, um, is it okay with you if I open your door? Because some girls might like that and some girls might not. Hmm. I also think like when we're walking up to a place, uh, let's say you're walking into the grocery store, I think it's polite for the first person, whether they're a woman or a man, to open the door for the person that's behind them. And I think it's also very polite for people to accept that. So if I'm holding a door for a man and he says, thank you so much. I think that is just as polite as him saying, no, let me get that for you. And I think that, you know, vice versa, if a man opens a door for me, for me to just be gracious and say, thank you. I think that's the correct thing for us to do. Like I said, I am not Emily Post. These are just my own feelings. Oh, contraire. <laughs> I call you
1: Emily Post to everyone else. But they're very valid because yeah. you have raised teenagers and we have not. So these are good things to know from an experienced person who has survived and thrived. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. <laughs> now my last extinct question thank you notes. Do we still write thank you notes?
2: I think thank you notes are always 100% appreciated, but in my view, it's better to be done than perfect. So if you will do a thank you text and you know you will do that and you think it's very unlikely that you'll get that note sent even if you wrote it, I prefer for me and for my kids to just do an immediate thank you text. Mm. I know that there are people who say like, nothing is the same as a handwritten thank you note. And I agree as long as you're someone that is disciplined enough to get those handwritten thank you notes stamped and in the mail. But for me, I'm a little less uh, organized and careful. So for me, it's much better to say that was really kind. Let's send them a thank you note. Why don't you jump on my phone and send them a thank you text? Mm. Mm, I, I love, love it. it. Love I it. love it.
0: I love it. See, I'm, I like a thank you card. I write a lot of thank you cards. I love thank you cards, but I know I'm in the minority. Often people say, I don't think we do that anymore. I write a lot of thank you texts. Yeah, but a thank you text, that's fine because it's in the same spirit. Like, I'm glad you wrote a text, period. How many wedding invitations do you get where it just says Venmo me X? So you Venmo the bride and groom X and never hear back I can't tell you yeah. how many times that has happened to me and I always think, nope, I'm never going to stop writing thank you notes because I can't. I yeah. can't not.
2: Yeah. And and I think especially in a world where money just floats in the air, it's just even like I'll even take on a Venmo, thank you so much, you're the best, from my Venmo text to the bride and groom. I will take that over, I hope I sent it to the right Venmo. That's <laughs> like, right. So some type of acknowledgement is better than none. I think a written thank you note is awesome and makes a huge impression. I would advocate for anyone who is like, I need to impress this person or I really want this person to know how much they mean to me or this sacrifice was a big deal. 100% a, a written thank you note is important. But like someone has you over for dinner and you just wanna let them know you're grateful. I don't know that you always need to do a handwritten thank you note, but I think everyone appreciates. What a fun night. Thanks for putting it together. You're a great host.
1: Yeah. is great.
2: better than nothing.
1: Yeah.
0: There's no downside to doing that. No. Very good. Do you have any more extinct manners you want to ask about before we let her go?
1: No, you are the epitome of manners. You and me? your family.
0: Yeah, yeah. What, what no, on we're, Earth?
1: we're a little more casual.
0: I think it's just because I don't ever want someone to view me or my kids as a, a nuisance, I guess. I don't ever want someone to have me in their home and be like, oh, that was terrible. If you're gracious and you show good manners and you do your part to contribute, um, you'll probably get invited back and it's important yeah, to me.
2: It can go a really long way. I will say, especially for people who have like difficult children <laughs> and you know, they are, and you're working on it, that extra thank you text, that thank you note, letting somebody know that you were so grateful to be included. And you, you know, I'm sorry that he spilled his soda three times, <laughs> like thank you to kind host. Like, Somebody might say if you didn't send that text, I don't know that we're gonna have them over again. If you do send that text, they might be like, Oh, that mattered a lot to them. And they are really fun, even though their kids are kind of a pain. We'll we'll have them over again next time, you know. Mm-hmm. We're laughing because I should
0: have I should be writing you a lot of text messages like no, that. No, I
2: was just
1: thinking the same. Ugh. Well, I already wrote you a text just like that today. I'm so sorry my four-year-old wrote I love Lizzie across the back upholstery of your car. <laughs> it's great. Oh, she- I already got it cleaned,
0: Megan. Apology accepted, but I would like a formal written letter in just a few moments. okay? From the four-year-old? Yes, yes. Signed by you with your blood signature. Done, done. Well, Brooke, is there anything else you would like to share with our listeners with regard to manners and creating confidence in your kids?
2: I just am so happy with how many homes are embracing this as something that works for them. One of the things that you touched on was you know, how do we know all the things we're supposed to teach our kids? And I think our world is really busy. You know, we've got two parents working in most homes. We've got busy schedules. And one of the things that was really important to me was that these manners felt accessible and doable. And and I wanted parents to be prepared without a lot of effort. In one year, in five minutes, you can say, I taught my kid 52 really important things. And that's what I wanted. I didn't want this to be a book that parents read and they were trying to figure out how to transfer the knowledge and And implement it. I just wanted it to be simple. And I feel like that's why families are embracing it and making it work. And the more kids that know about these things, the better our communities are gonna be. And I think it's a win for everyone.
1: Yes, beautifully said. And we can 100% back you up that yes, it is that easy. It is that delightful.
0: Brooke, we are extremely grateful for you. Thank you so much for all of your time. Happy Thanksgiving. Thank you for blessing our homes with slightly happier, more polite children. I can now handle (laughs) when they throw tantrums because at least they're polite about it. There you go. (laughs) Imagine that. Brooke,
1: thank you so much. We're grateful
0: for you. Yes, thank you. Thanks for having me. That was so great. I have a lot to go home and work on, frankly.
1: Really wonderful. We learned a lot.
0: She's such an easy person to talk to. Mm -hmm. I really enjoyed every moment of that. So let us know, listeners, what you're gonna work on with your kids. If you haven't already bought her books,
1: please go and do it. It's a great thing to have on your table this holiday season. Yeah. We will put links to purchase those yeah. in our show notes. You can find them at Costco, Amazon. But again, we will share a link with you so you can find these and gift them. Give them to you know, all the families that would benefit from them. Yeah. They're not expensive. So honestly, you have no excuse. Teach your kids manners. <laughs> do the world a favor. Teach them some manners.
0: <laughs> all right. Now
1: on that note, let's put the baby to bed. Please take a minute to rate, review, comment, leave us some feedback or love. We'll take whatever you have for us because we love you and appreciate you. Don't forget to check
0: for our Grandpa Bex code on Monday, later today. We love you all. Be a friend to everyone. Bye.